You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K24. Myself, Mo Mootsi, alongside me as always, the one and only Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, how you doing, bro? You know what it is, Mo. Real name, no gimmicks. Let's get after it. You know, I for some reason, you know, I feel like you got something you need to get off your chest today. So, you know, <laughs> for some reason, trouble, you know, huh? Mo, yeah, trouble, something huh? you need to express yourself. And right now you got a hot mic in front of you, you know, and <laughs> whatever you got to say, we, the listeners, want to hear it. You know, it's it's time for some realness. It's late night. We ain't recorded a late night podcast, well, late night for me anyway, in a long time since the season. So, you know, I hopped, I, when I was away, I had no internet. So I didn't really see what people were talking about on Twitter and mm-hmm. this and that, right? Mm-hmm. I hopped on Twitter this morning, this afternoon, and I'm seeing Draymond Green still oh. talking about coaching oh. Jordan Poole almost a year after it happened now, because that was in preseason last year, right? And I'm like, what is this guy talking about? And I don't have the um, exact quote. Let me try to find exactly what he said. Um, because it, it was pretty funny. He went on Patrick Beverly's podcast. And first of all, he said, <laughs> I don't like Chris Paul. I'm not suddenly going to start liking him because he's on my team now. So I can't wait to um, see how that shakes out. Um, then Draymond Green spoke about the Jordan Poole situation. And he said, you know, Jordan talks a lot. Um, even though there's a clip of Draymond in 2019 saying he loves that Jordan Poole talks a lot of trash. Um, he says Jordan Poole talks too much and he said some things and he he basically said he deserved what he got. But this is the same guy who made a, he made a documentary himself. I don't know if you saw it. He made the documentary who, who, himself. Who made a doc- Draymond, remember? Draymond made a mini documentary after the punch showing how remorseful he is and, oh, I shouldn't have done that and I apologize. Oh, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he he made his own documentary about how sorry he was, but fast forward to today and he's saying, yeah, he deserved it, right? And then, so now everyone's speculating um, what it is that Jordan Poole said. And I think uh, Cameron and Mace have a podcast, Right. Mm-hmm. And a while ago on their podcast, they said the reason why Draymond um, punched Jordan Poole or or reportedly did. And um, they said a few things that Jordan Poole allegedly said to Draymond Green, um, such as, I don't know, this is a family friendly show. I'm not really, really repeating it. Like I've slept with more ladies than you have in Michigan because they both went to Michigan University. Draymond obviously went to Michigan State and Jordan went to um, the University of Michigan. He said to Draymond allegedly, how's your Twitter name Money Green when you've got less money than me? X, Y, Z. And it was a load of funny stuff, or supposedly funny stuff, but I can confirm that none of that was actually true. And I can confirm this on good authority from people within the organization. I don't like to do the sources stuff, but, you know, I've got to keep it a little vague. Um, I was told, now I don't know what's really true, right? Everyone's got an agenda in something, but I was told that Jordan didn't really do anything bad enough to warrant getting punched in the face like that. And Draymond is just generally always trying to be violent. And um, some people think that Draymond needs to stop talking about it um, because it's quite embarrassing for someone 10 years older than a 23-year-old to be punching a 23-year-old in the face. 
Um, so that's just what I've heard. I mean, who knows what really happened? But the things of what everyone thinks Jordan Paul said, that's not what he really said. I can confirm that much. And people are getting very tired of Draymond still harping on about that. And I mean, if you're supposed to be a leader and a professional, like every time Jordan Poole's asked about it, he doesn't ever really talk about it. Whereas Draymond Green's going around doing a press tour about punching his teammate in the face now that his teammate's off the team. I don't know. I, it's it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I don't really want to say the word for it, but do you, Draymond? And then a fake NBA Twitter page. The NBA <laughs> sent more Hell. stuff. There's more. There's more stuff to this. Yeah. So, so there's an NBA page okay. on Twitter called the NBA Central, which posts like news stories from the NBA. But someone's made one called the NBA Centel. But if you're just scrolling really quick, it looks like the official account. They got a blue tick somehow. Elon sorted it out. Anyway, they put a fake quote from Kevin Garnett saying Kevin Garnett allegedly said. Draymond punching JP is like a senior punching a freshman who's half his size and then walks around talking himself up as if he's like that. Come try me, Dre. Now, that's obviously a fake quote from Kevin Garnett. But Draymond Green obviously didn't read properly and thought it was real. So then he tweets, I tried you when I was a rookie, KG, and you started talking to yourself oh, no. like I wasn't talking to you. What's that like? The freshman picking on a senior citizen that's double his size at Kevin Garnett 5KG, which I think is KG's old account. And then um, Draymond deleted it, but that wasn't before everyone had seen it, which I found rather funny because everyone knows around the NBA that KG often talks to himself, right? I'm sure you played against KG. Did you play against KG? Yes. And, and he like talks to himself to get himself hyped up and that, right? I, I guess. I don't know. I, I was, yeah. We've I'm seen him do it thousands and thousands of yeah. times, right? So right. I don't know why he's got some sort of, he thinks he did something against Kevin Garnett of all people that I spoke to you and you didn't reply to me. You just started talking to yourself. Whatever. <laughs> and Kevin Garnett was just laughing at him. saying <laughs> This is a fake tweet. So Draymond Green in one day um, said he still doesn't like Chris Paul, still talking about Jordan Paul and the punch and then tried to beef Kevin Garnett. But then also I missed one other thing. Dre, uh, Jordan Poole's dad tweeted, he replied to the <laughs> video of Draymond talking about Jordan, said, I'm a stand on this. That's some BS. JP was his guy and he avoided me all last year. He is soft as whatever. And I'm standing on this. He didn't apologize to me and my wife. So he's lame and me and him can meet anytime he wants. That's what Jordan Poole's dad said about Draymond. So his Draymond replied. He was busy on Twitter today. The Twitter fingers were active. Draymond said, that's so cute. It's impossible to avoid you in an arena for a whole year, champ. I got to get my family from that family room every game and stop using those words. They usually don't go over well amongst men. So I don't know if he's planning on punching Jordan Poole's dad as well as Jordan Poole or whatever it might be. But I just find it quite funny that a lot of people around the situation think it's kind of pathetic. But this guy's out here bragging about, yeah, he talks too much. And sometimes you get what's coming to you. Okay, cool. Even though you did the apology documentary, that's a little ramble, a little rant. But I just thought I had to, you know, because it's just when things aren't reported properly, no one really knows what happened because to this day, no one really knows what's happened. Right. So I had to, you know, make a few calls and find out what really happened in the situation. And 
And apparently nothing worthy of a punch was even said. Yeah, here we are. So that was that. That was that. <laughs> the NBA offseason, ladies and gentlemen. Am I supposed to reply or am I just listening? Well, I'm just reporting. I'm reporting. Oh, you're just. This is not my okay. opinion or anything. I'm just reporting what I've been told. I'm reporting. Okay. If you have an opinion, then you're more than welcome to share it too. Well, here's my opinion. Not that you asked. I it's am clear asking. to me that it, it, it's clear to me that journalism <laughs> no longer exists. <laughs> it's clear to me journalism no longer exists. Okay, so I'm not going to put my name into this ring here. I'm just going to watch it <laughs> now. You know, I, I I make fun all the time, and I tell you, I just like to talk about basketball, but. I can't go to the, 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 this is a new low. This is a new, like, I don't know. What, I don't even know what to make of this. Like, honestly, I don't care. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to patiently wait for some basketball. Stuff. Well, it, and, well, while you wait, BJ, it's late at night. So okay. I'm going to, I'm going to keep running and keep rambling. Okay. Because as okay. you said, journalism no longer exists. And do you know one thing that's really annoying me? Yes. Without mentioning any names, because I don't want to disrespect anyone. Okay. But certain people who break news stories in the NBA sphere, you know, people you've got their tweet notifications on, mm -hmm. you want to see a trade or a signing. Mm -hmm. It's very clear that their, <laughs> their words have been now paid for. Because I find it, I always find it funny, right? You know, when it's like, you know, when it's like, Derek Rose is signing with the Memphis Grizzlies. League sources tell mm -hmm. whoever. That's normal, right? That's reporting news. Mm -hmm. What makes me laugh is when it's like, player X is signing with team X, according to at the agent of at the agency. So it's like, hey, mm. I'll tell you the inside scoop on where my player's signing, but you've got to tag me and my agency in a tweet so everyone knows it was me. I find that kind of funny. But then what I found really funny is I think it was Phoenix the other day who made some moves like they've signed Bol Bol, right? Mm -hmm. Respectfully to Bol Bol. I think he's a great player, whatnot, whatnot, whatever. But it's like the way it's being put out, Phoenix have had a fantastic offseason, retooling, blah, 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 blah. How amazing that they've managed to recoup. Da, da, da. Phoenix have still got four first round draft picks. Da, 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 da. No, you got four pick swaps. You're going to end up with like the 30th pick if you stay healthy. Like, just the way things are being spun, because I don't know if reporters want to keep getting information, reporters are on payrolls. I don't know what it is, but I just find it funny because it's no longer reporting, or maybe it's never been reporting. It's just spin. You're a spin doctor now. You're not a reporter. You're just trying to sway the public opinion that this team has made great moves or this agency gets the best deals for their players. I, I just find it interesting. Just on, on your point of journalism, not only. I, I agree. I, I mean, I think that's one thing we agree. Do you ever feel that like journalism? Do you, do you not wish that it said Derek Rose is signed with Memphis, according to BJ Armstrong of the Hoop Genius podcast? Well, well you, you, first of all, you'll never see that. Oh, I thought we'd get more subscribers. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just, you know, it's one thing, Mo, you know, that I, 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 and, I grew up in an era where you stay in your lane. Like, doesn't who cares 
I mean, I'm an agent. I don't care about the agent. This is the player's life. I'll tell you this something. is the player's this is the player's time to shine. And the light should be where it should be. The, the, the game, the game itself is played by the players in the game. Who all these at least the way I look at it. I don't I don't want I don't need my name there. It's not about me. It's about those players and those game. And I mean, look, Mo, look what we're doing. We're here in the summertime. We're talking about the game. Yep. That's what this is. That, that's what I'll the game one, is about. I'll tell you, you know? one funny agent. I'm not going to say who. Recently, an agent <laughs> followed me on Instagram, right? I don't really care about this social media. So he follows me on Instagram. So I follow back. I'm thinking he wants to connect. You know, I use social media to connect with people, right? Drop me mm-hmm. a message. We'll talk business. So I'm thinking he's followed me. I looked at his profile. He represents a few NBA players, you know, play for some good teams and whatnot. So I follow back thinking, you know, let's talk like you want to get one of your players on the show or, or you guys are mm-hmm. doing an activation or something. I'm like, cool. Anyway, a few days go by. I think I, I sent a message, didn't get a reply, whatever. Then I look and he's unfollowed me and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But I'm like looking at the page and this guy is just following people waiting for them to follow him back and then unfollowing them. So it looks like he has loads of followers. Does, does that make sense? And I'm like, I, I don't understand. You know me, Mo. Yeah, I, I, I you only guys know how to listening are going to understand, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I know how to talk to the computer on. And so, so he wants it. it he wants it to look like he's got loads of followers, but mm-hmm. he doesn't follow many people because he's too important. And I just oh, wow. find that so funny because I'm like, you're not a celebrity. You're an agent, but you're trying to be. I don't know what you're trying to be, but I just found that funny. Like. You yeah, use this thing I, to connect I, I with people. Know. We could have helped your players, yeah. brought them on the show, or whatever. But instead, you just want to have followers and have people know who you are. Like, cool, do you? But now none of your players yeah. are coming on the show. If if, <laughs> if that is the case, so be. I don't get it. But again, clout like said, is the I new just, currency, BJ. This is yeah. The new I don't. Well, I have. I have. Cur- they don't want money. They I just have want clout. no. I, I have That's no currency. Nice. I have no currency. Then so, <laughs> I, 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 I have no clout. I have no currency. PJ okay, has the I'm, most clout. You don't even go on social media, and you guys will hear what he says. I have no clout. I, no, I don't take myself just, that serious. So. I find these things funny. Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about some basketball moves. Oh, wow. basketball. Oh, okay, great. Let's, okay, where, let's where do you want to start? It. We we could start in Portland or we could start in Philly. Where do you want to start with these? Well, well, let's go. Let's go in Portland. Let's go in Portland. Go Portland. west and go because it's been a while. We've been away. You know, we got to catch people up. Damian Lillard has demanded a trade out of Portland, leaving the Trailblazers, and he says that he's only going to play for the Miami Heat. His agents came out and said, according to one reporter, that Damian Lillard will refuse to report to any other teams who trade for him if they're not the Miami Heat. Have I said this already on the show? I've probably said this already on the show. Free agency exists, okay? If you want to pick what team you play for, you wait till your contract expires and you become a free agent. And then you can choose from all the teams in the NBA to go and play wherever you want. What you do now is you sign your Supermax and you sign a Supermax extension and then with four years left on your contract, you say, I want to play for this team and only this team. And I'm not going to play for anyone else. That's not how the business works. In, when I read that report that he's going to refuse to report to a team if they're not Miami. Okay, cool. Retire then. Retire. If you are saying that you are refusing to work unless it's in one specific location, if you were in any other job in the world, BJ, 
if I went to a TV network and said, you've just signed me to a four-year contract, but unless you move me to California, I'm going to refuse to show up to work. Guess what the network would do? What would they do? They would fire me instantly, right? (laughs) The NBA is the only place in the world where you can demand where to be despite having a contract. Like, be a man of your word. If you've agreed to be here for four years, be here for four years. If you didn't want to be here, you shouldn't have signed that deal. You shouldn't have taken that money and you should have gone to Miami in free agency and got whatever you could get from them. Instead of staying with your team, I'm so loyal, but wait, I'm only going to this team. Otherwise, I'm not playing any basketball anymore. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's embarrassing. I think it's dangerous for the league if it keeps heading in this direction. And quite frankly, I would love to see any other team except for Miami trade for Damian Lillard because I genuinely don't think he won't show up. And if he doesn't show up, then goodbye. Just, you know, he did that wave to Paul George. We can all do the wave to him and you can go and not play in the NBA anymore if you don't want to be in the NBA. And that's that. What do you think? Well, well, once something starts, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, and it appears to work outwardly because the only people that knows what really happened are people behind the scenes. And the, the, I guess the new, the, the new trend going in the NBA is everyone's looking for a disgruntled player, Mm -hmm. a a disgruntled star player. So this has been happening for quite some time, right? You, you, we don't have to go through the players. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it wrong. But for the most part, these teams don't want to have a disgruntled player saying they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. It's not good for business. Now, these players have picked up on this because the players, you know, you say you want, you want out. The fans don't want to show up. It affects their bottom line, team morale, team chemistry, da-da-da, da-da-da. And then you work to try to get that player removed off your team. So it has worked in the past. We've seen it work. We've seen players move around. We've seen players call, you know. We, we've we not seen this oh. many instances of players saying, I will refuse to report to a team unless it's my chosen destination. Well, well you know, Mo, for better or for worse, this has been happening since the beginning, right? You just didn't see it outwardly. Okay. I would love to say that this Damian Lillard situation is unique. You know, since my time in the NBA and before in the NBA, before I got to the NBA, I've learned that this has been going on since the beginning. It's been going on. Like players have moved without naming those players. Players have moved. It's not like who wants to trade a great player? Like Mo has a great, let's say Mo had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You're not looking to trade a generational talent. (laughs) You're not looking to trade Wilt Chamberlain. Now, the difference between today and back then, there was no internet. The interest in the NBA wasn't as popular as it is today. However, Mo, believe it or not, those players wanted to move. Okay. Star players have always figured out how to push their way or influence the things that they want to do. Now, 
what makes it unique now is that Mo, we're actually seeing this in real time. That to me is what makes it unique. So if Damian Lillard was traded in September and we didn't know about it, we, that would be major news. Hmm. However, now everyone's just talking. So, well, some someone said to me, <laughs> someone said, "Do you ever think like the deal's probably done, but they're just not announcing it because otherwise these shows would have nothing to talk about." I guess these shows are like us. But well, why? Why, mainly... why? Why? Okay. So <laughs> why? Why are why are our shows that important? How, it's well, revenue well, generation. League partners, what show is networks, it? Uh, need content why to talk would, about. Why? Here's the thing: who cares? The fans. Like I don't think. Yeah. Well, I, the fans. I, I, I want to believe. No, I. What the fans want? What the? In my opinion, in my opinion, what the fans want is basketball or sports. <laughs> I got some bad news for you, BJ. Yeah, you that's see, what I'm saying. You see, but because your your opinion is tainted because our fans are so amazing that they actually watch the games and they actually yes. care about basketball. But when I say fans, the majority of fans, not of our show, but of just in the world in general, I feel like a lot of fans out there care more about the rumors and the gossip than they do about the game nowadays. We have record lows of people who are watching full NBA games. But when there's trade rumors, yes. everyone's talking about them. So just because our fans know what's up and they know the vibes, I think you'll find that a lot of fans out there, especially younger fans now, care more about just highlights and just rumors of Dames Goes Miami. Oh, this guy on this network is talking about it. Let me watch it. Rather than an actual basketball. You, you may, yeah, you, I, listen, I, you may be right. And you probably are right. However... I've made a choice. I just want to talk about the game. Okay, so let's because, talk about it. Yeah. If Dame yeah, does successfully force his way to Miami, how do you see that thing? Because they've not had a great offseason. They've lost um, Max I'm, I'm, to I'm the Cavs. Not... They've lost Gabe Vincent to the Lakers. So they need a guard. How do you like that fit in Miami with you know Dame, Tyler Hero, Jimmy, Bam, and another player in the starting lineup? I'm I'm not as high on this trade maybe as some. And the reason being is, you know, Mo, there's a thing that I really admire about executives. How you construct and build a team to me is it's an art. I see it almost being impossible to build a team around Damian Lillard if he's traded to the Miami Heat. Why do I say that? Because they're going to have to figure out financially with, I don't know, it seems like Tyler Hero is the name you keep hearing out there and others to build a team to make this fit financially. Now, their three top players would be assuming they keep Bam, Jimmy Butler, and Damian Lillard. I, I like those three players. I think they're terrific top 15 players in the NBA. However, it takes a team. Take it, you, you, who else are you going to put around them? Luckily for these, Miami, they these are guys, the kings of you know, with the exception of Bam, yeah, with the, with the exception of Bam, these guys aren't like spring, you know, they're not like. 82 games. They're not young where they're going to play 82 games. And no, like, who are you going to put around them? How is this going to work? What's the team? What's the chemistry? Da da da. If they're, if they are injury free and they play, I like it. But you're not going to tell me that you're just going to put anybody on the floor with these three players and it's going to work. I'm not buying that. So 
you know, I, I, I think it's more Damian Lillard's name than what it really is because there's a lot of things to address with this team as it's presently, mm-hmm. as it currently constructed. I mean, I'm just not as high on this group on the team because they're, they're they would with what we would consider more top heavy. They would be a top heavy team. They're mm-hmm. those, those top guys are good, but then the rest of the guys basically because of the financial ramifications of the deal would have to be minimum players. I mean, not right taking away pre- anything from the minimal players, but yeah. you need good players to win a championship. Well, you can make that case about the Heat this year when they got to the finals. They didn't have a particularly... Okay. Well, looking okay. at it a year ago, people didn't think they had a deep team until they saw these, the Caleb Martins of the world and the Gabe Vincents of the world doing what they do. Mm-hmm. So Miami okay. have a knack. I, I, if it's going to be any team in the NBA, it's going to be Miami. They have a knack of finding guys that are going to overperform. But... As what I can see, I'm not. Now, once the season starts, I go, oh, and there's another guy, Gabe Vincent, that they have waiting that no one's seen, then I'll comment about that. But based on what I've seen, things fell fell into their lap. They were the worst offensive team in the NBA this year. Mm-hmm. They were in the play-in game this year. Mo, mm-hmm. that's not a sign of confidence for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe for you, we can nope. we can choose to ignore those things. I mean, you also have to factor in Giannis injury, Julius Randle, and yes, Knicks that's players' injuries, you can, Celtics yeah, yeah. just losing it's, their minds for the first three games of a series. We can and then choose Tatum's to injury ign- in game yes. seven. So we can ignore all of these things and just say, well, they got to the finals. Okay, that's great. Everything fell their way. I'll say it again. That's why you play the game. However, what I know now. You're adding a team, you're adding a player to a team that was in the play-in game. Mm-hmm. You're taking away, these, these were rotational players. Max mm-hmm. Struess, Gabe Benson. And then you're saying, well, we, we can get back. Well, yeah, I'm and not you're giving confident. away Tyler Harrow and and maybe even Caleb Martin yeah, or Duncan Robinson I'm not, in trade. I'm not as confident on that. Now, do I like the trade? Do I think you have to get players like, like, you know, uh, Damian Lillard? Yes, but also you got to build out the roster too. So, and we'll it, see. I'm just not. I'm me. not convinced. Financially, it concerns me. Dame's contract runs up until he's 34, in which season he'll be making 48.8 million dollars, and then he's had an extension so that when he's 36 in the 2026-2027 season. He'll be making 63.2 million dollars. Jimmy Butler in the 25, 26 season when he's 36 will be making 52 million dollars. Now, obviously, the salary cap's gonna go up, but having a combined, you know, what is that, 60 like 110 million to two 36-year-olds. That yeah, and by the way, Bam and Bam, Bam's yep. he's gonna be somewhere in there. So that's what I'm saying. Like it just doesn't make financial sense to me how you're going to build out a team. However, that's why those cap guys and those guys will figure it out if if it happens. But from what I can see, this is going to be a very difficult task to accomplish. I, I do agree you got to get the player when you can get him. But I think it's going to be very challenging at the very least. If I'm accomplished. Miami, Dame is not the player I trade for. 
I'm looking at the situation in Philadelphia, and I think it's only a matter of time before Joel Embiid asks out of the Philadelphia 76ers. He said in an interview recently, he wants to compete for a championship. And then he said, whether it's in Philadelphia or elsewhere, which is very telling. Because imagine Steph Curry comes out and says, I want to compete for a championship, whether it's in Golden State or somewhere else. So like, that was a very interesting choice of words. I would monitor that situation. And then if I'm saving all my trade chips for a superstar, it's not going to be Dame Lillard. It's going to be Joel Embiid, who's already Jimmy Butler's best friend, but who's much younger, much better uh, on both sides of the ball. And in my opinion, I'd have every day of the week over Dame Lillard. So who, who are their trade chips? I mean, at some point, if you're giving up a star, don't you have to give away a star? Okay, but, but this is what we spoke about. If these players are forcing their ways to certain destinations, it doesn't matter. The Miami Heat are coming out and saying, we're going to offer you Tyler Harrow and a couple draft picks, and that's all you're getting, and you're going to have to accept it because the player only wants to play in Miami, and he's not going to report anywhere else that you send him. So the team with the star player has no leverage. Because of what we spoke about at the start of this segment. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't actually matter. They could have me and you and trade us out because they've got all the leverage because the player is saying, I only want to go to this team. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I, 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 I Listen. I don't know, Mo. There's three sides to this story. I, I, If you're a player, you should do what's in your best interest. I agree with that. So where does Dane want to go? He wants to go to Miami. Great. Okay. You should have gone there in free that. agency when you had the choice to pick which team you wanted to play for. That's okay. the whole point I, of free I, agency. I, I, I agree with that. Okay. Here's the one thing that no one's reporting. Now that Dame has said what he said, okay. So what what, what is the team going to do? Well, they should do what's in their best interest. Okay. And then here's the deal. Let's do. Let's come up with a deal that's going to work for all the parties involved. So I don't have a problem with any of this. Like, I'm not bothered by any of this. You should want to do what's best for you. Great. He stated what he wants. Now let's let the team state what they want, and then let's figure out a deal. So here's the thing, which to me is like, I don't know, but may, I, 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 I always think like, wow, like just because a player says something, is it true? No, like, all right. Which team is going to absorb this? Which team is going to put together a, a trade package? And also, what is it that they're looking for? Yeah. Portland. Like, no one, Portland's, we're acting as if Damian Lillard is just brokering a deal by himself. No. What's Portland looking for? Yeah. It's like, interesting because they're trying to get a third team involved in the trade and make it Tyler Herrick goes somewhere and then that team sends additional assets to Portland and whatnot. So yeah, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, but, yeah. but what what is it? What is it that they're like? Here's the thing that journal the journalist, if it's true journalism, what's Portland looking for? I haven't seen anything that Portland has said where they're draft looking, picks, are they young players. Rebuild? Yeah, they're looking they to look, rebuild. They, Okay. And, and they're in pretty good well, shape for a rebuild. I, well, well, Mo, how are you going to rebuild when you just paid Jeremy Grant $160 million? That doesn't look <laughs> that like a was, rebuild to me. That was hilarious. I, I respect that. Dame was making sure. Well, I don't think that's bag. hilarious. How, is, how are you going <laughs> to pay made sure his a boy player back before he said, I want to leave? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think, I don't think. That's not hilarious for Portland, though. Yeah, I don't think. 
I don't think that, you know, that was the case. So I don't know if they're rebuilding. Are they looking for a player that can put together a team? What are they looking to do? Like, to me, it seems, you know, what if they want now to, to put, you know, another player in there? They got to, they have to, at some point, figure out, is this a rebuild? I mean, Anthony Simons, didn't he sign for a substantial amount just a mm-hmm. year ago? Yeah. You, you know, you got Nurkic there. You have now Jeremy Grant there. You have, you just drafted the number third pick. So he's got to play. Like, what is going on? Like, I want to know the direction of this team because that to me would determine the best way to get a deal. So, yeah, right. Let people talk. People should talk. Talking communication is good. So now that we've communicated what one side wants, let's figure out what the other side wants. Like, how about let's start there and then figure out how to broker a deal because clearly, clearly Portland has said that if they're going to make a trade, at least from what I know, that Tyler Hero plus is not enough. Yeah. So I think what's that's the big sense. deal? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even understand why this is even a do you topic, think, to be honest with you. Do you think that Dame just ends up staying in Portland? Because we've seen superstars before yeah, demand well, trades could, and end yeah, up not he leaving. Could, yeah, he could very well. Like, why not? Like, why not? Or, or do you see a world where Portland say, you know what? We've got the number three pick in the draft. We've got Shaden Sharp from last year. We've got Anthony Simons. We can trade these young guys for a star to put next to Dame. And instead of going for a rebuild, they go all in. Well, here, here's the rebuild. You just drafted the number third, the number third pick. Okay. And you don't want to deep. You have to make a choice here. Either you're going to win or you're going to rebuild. There's nowhere in between. Traditionally, we have not won in this league with young players. So all of these scenarios, just give me the plan and then let's follow it and execute it. And whatever they decide to do, if you want to, if you want to build around Dane, well, okay, trade the pick, draft pick and build around them. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. So either you're going to rebuild or you're going to trade or you're going to trade the play, the veterans. That's the mixed signal to me. It's like a traffic light. The mixed signal was why, if you're going to rebuild, why did you sign Jeremy Grant? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone, well, everyone was when he signed, everyone was like, well, that must be you decide to do. Okay. So when they signed, when they, when they signed Jeremy Grant, that signal to me, at least outwardly, man, they're looking to go all in. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. Now you sign Jeremy Grant and then you draft Scoot Henderson. Henderson. Well, okay. Well, now you're sending me mixed signals. I don't know what you're doing. Now, maybe we will find out over time. That's why I'm being patient with it because maybe they have a master plan. Mm-hmm. Maybe what their plan is, they're going to be patient. They're going to push this thing as far as they can and wait on the right scenario or the right deal to get a deal done, maybe. So trying to figure out now in July to me, all right, let's, if you've done a deal, you always wait to the final minute to do the deal. That's when all the deals get done. What do you think about a situation in Philly with James Harden? Trying to say Same thing. he's forcing his way thing. to the Clippers. 
Same same thing. Well, my, my like, question, same thing. My question is, how do you think that fits if he was to join the Clippers? How do you see that? Okay, working? if it this is how it's going to fit. If he's going to join the Clippers, you're going to have to get rid of their Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Which one? Mm. Now that's interesting. Well, well, how else are you going to get him? Uh, how else you going to play him? <laughs> how else you how else you going to play him? Well, Paul, Paul George, George barely play. So, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden. Okay, there's one ball. Russell Westbrook. How how's this going to look? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, how's it going to look? If they're all healthy, how's that going to look? That's a big that's not, that, that That's what I'm saying. Well, at some point, they'll all be around. Do you think James Harden ends up on the Clippers, or do you think he goes elsewhere, or do you think he stays? Just off a gut feeling. This is what I think. I, to me, it just seems very obvious. In today's game, everyone plays a five-out offense. Everyone. Like, it, th- this is so obvious. I don't even know why I'm saying it, because I feel like now I, I don't want to insult the, the listener. Everyone plays a five-out offense. There are two teams in the, in the entire NBA that can play four out and one in. That's the Philadelphia 76ers and the, the world champions, Denver Nuggets. They're yeah. the only two I, teams. I don't know though if like like the Warriors they run a hell of a lot of split actions with a guy on the post making a pass. So okay. I don't know if it's just so war. Okay, so let me. That's a great observation. So Mo, when you do when you become a GM, one of the guiding principles of any offense, whatever offense you run, five out, one one in, four out. Whatever you're running, don't run two in. First you got rule, a big bodies. yeah, two in, yeah. <laughs> whatever you, whatever you run, the first principle must be, it must provide penetration of the defense. So, in a five-out offense, what do everyone's everyone saying? Drive and what, Mo? Kick. Okay. Uh, if everyone just stood on the perimeter and just passed the ball, the offense wouldn't work. You must drive penetrate the defense, engage a second defender, however you want to do it. Most of the time now it's off the dribble and then you kick it to the three. Okay. All right. Okay. The Warriors, they run split actions because at least when I've watched them, I've never seen them have a post player who looked to score. Mm -mm. So they, instead of driving and kicking, they just pass it internally and they start moving hoping that you will mess up somewhere on your coverage on the perimeter. Yep. Like what you should do is probably let them pass it to Draymond and Kevon Looney and just say, why don't you guys score? Yep. So any offense that you run, it must provide a form of penetration. It must, whatever offense you run, you'll never see an offense ran where it doesn't provide penetration. So that's why the Warriors run split cuts and all those things. What That's why we used to run offenses where we would throw it into our big guy and then you would initiate that. That was called the second, the two pass or the second pass. You run it into the penetration, you get it on the block and then you'll see all the b- movement. 
split cuts, dive cuts, offensive action on the weak side. And then if there was no action, then the big guy would look to score. That's why we always wanted big guys. However, the three-point shot now has changed the philosophy of the game. So that's why the Warriors do what they're going to do. Now, getting back to Joel and these guys, Joel and 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 Joker and and, and Jokic, they're the only two guys, the only two guys at the center position. Okay, Giannis is another guy where you actually run the offense through the big guys. But because both of them are elite passers, I mean, Joker is like an exceptional passer, but 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 Embiid is a really good passer as well. Now you can run your offense through those guys because not only are they capable of scoring on the post, Joker it, Joker just does everything from the post. High post, low post, transition, he does everything. So I don't know, you know, with those exception of those two guys, you know, how are you going to play? And then, now this, I'm getting back to James Harden. So in my opinion, what James Harden wants is the ball back in his hand. Mm-hmm. That, that, this is all it comes down to. James. James probably feels, and I don't know this. I've never heard him say this. He probably wants to play how James played in Houston. He was MVP. The guy was averaging 30 plus a night. And they ran the offense through him because it's very hard, Mo. If you play with a big, it's very hard to get to the basket if the big guy is taking up the post. Yep. What's the one criticism we criticize Joel Embiid? Oh, he's never in the post. He hangs out on the perimeter too much. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if he's hanging out on the perimeter and they don't win, people are going to say, well, they're going to criticize the coach. If he's in the post too much and James Harden doesn't get his touches, people are going to be like, well, what's wrong with James Harden? Is he done? I think now James Harden is at a point where he was like, hey, man, I just want to play my game. Yeah, he took a pay cut. I don't don't see – because in my opinion, I've said this years ago, James Harden, the ball – if they're going to win, Tyrese Maxey has to be the guy. Why? Because he's the only one that can push the pace. Hmm. James Harden doesn't push the pace. James Amen. Harden, he 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 wants to score, which is fine. But you can't have a elite ball handling isolation player who's a scorer playing with an MVP guy who we know can score. There's no room on the court. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's just a fact. That's just what it is. And then, by the way, Tyrese Maxey is sitting there who may be one of the fastest guys, if not the fastest guy in the NBA, just now a spot-up player. It's just not a good fit. Now, they can – and I think they know that. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think Philly knows that. So James Harden and, and, and Joel Embiid, as much as, you know, both of them now are MVP caliber players or, you know, they both won an MVP in their career, it's not a good fit for either one of them. Because Joel Embiid needs the ball. James Harden needs the ball. Tyrese Maxey needs the ball. And then the other guys are just Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. And the other guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, P.J. Tucker. Mm-hmm. Like, th- 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 they're high usage players. It's not a good fit. So what I think they're trying to do 
is forced well, the PJ Tucker's law. He's perfect to play with James Harden. Well, I, I I don't think I don't think he I don't think he, he loved does. him in Houston with I don't, him. Shoot threes from I the corner he, and play defense. I think players understand their role and what they have to do. But PJ Tucker values defense. P PJ Tucker values ball movement. Why? Because he wouldn't want to defend a guy that's always moving and playing in a in a in a sound offensive set. He doesn't want to guard that guy who's moving around. You don't want to guard Steph Curry, but I would want to guard James Harden. Why? Because you know what he's going to do. I can load up on him. It's not like he's going to move around. He's going to dribble the ball up the court, walk it up, and get in isolation and do his dribble thing. And then that's what I want to play against. If you're a good defensive team, that's what you want to play against. I don't want to play against Steph Curry. Why? They're moving him around the court. They're running fake isolations and double screen screens after screen and after elevator screen. screens. Oh, and, the elevator screen is beautiful. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're doing all this stuff. You're like, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. You want to play against a guy who's just going to get the ball in isolation. And then I know what he's going to do. Just when, remember you and I was watching, we were covering that time, the Boston Brooklyn series. We, yes. they knew what Kevin was going to do every time. Yep. That's what I want to defend. What I don't want to defend is when I don't know what Kevin Durant is going to do. Well, where he's going to get the ball? The when he's going to get the ball? Going to get the ball? No, that's that's a that's a new schedule. So, I just think now Philadelphia, I think James can't come out and say this. Why the guy won MVP? Mm-hmm. He won MVP last year. So, what are you going to do? Trade me or the MVP of the team? Yeah, oh, draw me. Yeah. So that doesn't. So. He says he wants out, but clearly, 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 there aren't a lot of teams out there that's willing mm-hmm. to do the deal. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's obvious what has to happen there, and then we'll see how it plays out. But Daryl Morey's been around; he's 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 a veteran executive. He's not going to just panic in July. He's going to push this thing to September or whenever he needs to do it. And if all if a push comes to shove, okay, James, we tried. There was no takers. You want to get out, play well, and that'll get your leverage up. And then we'll move you then. I mean, what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Cool. That's that. We're going to be back on Monday for more of the Hoop Genius podcast. BJ, any plans for the weekend? Oh, man. Hey, you know what I'm going to do, Mo? I'm just going to get out here on the grill, uh, do a little cooking. You know what I mean? Enjoy the family. It's time for the you know the the, the kids to go back to school. They got another couple of weeks before you know school starts, so you know that's uh you know that's all I'm going to do. Just hang out with the family. Hey man, I respect it. I respect it. That sounds like a good time. I've got to go to a a wedding of a dear friend of mine, and I have to oh, deliver nice. the best man speech, which we're currently working oh. on. So that's going to be that. So we'll be back on Monday for a new episode, and hopefully some things have happened in the nba by then but let us know on the discord if you're a member of the discord you can sign up through the link in the description what you want to hear us talking about during the off season this show is here for you the people so whatever you want to hear us discuss you just let us know and we'll keep doing what we do in the meantime make sure you pre-order nba 2k24 know the vibes and um most importantly oh no subscribe youtube swap apple all that stuff but most importantly get buckets <laughs>